Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast. Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers here with you today. And today we're going to start something new. We're going to start a 10-part series on the basics of customs and importation. So we're going to start with our first of the series, first of the series of 10, with uh, CBP's enforcement strategy. So customs and border protections a current enforcement strategy. But before we delve into that, we're going to get into a little bit of the history of U.S. Customs so you can kind of understand the importance of what Customs does today uh, through the eyes of that historic look and understand kind of how we evolved to where we are today. So we're going to start off, you know, now, Customs and Border Protection was established in 1789, so very new uh, to us, but we really borrowed that from the British, and uh, they had a customs office. They had customs offices here in the United States collecting all those taxes, which we revolted up over. Um, But those taxes and duties that we levied as a country on all the goods being imported into the United States that's what really funded our government until 1913. So 1913 is when the IRS established the first uh, income tax on U.S. citizens. So from 1776 all the way up till 1913, the only source of revenue for our company um, was U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So that funded the day-to-day operations of our U.S. government and also funded enormous land purchases like the Louisiana Purchase and the Alaska Purchase. So in 1803, the Louisiana Purchase was funded from those duties and taxes, of, and it was $15 million at the time. And in 1876, we did the Alaska Purchase for $7.2 million. So everything that really went on was these duties and taxes. And, and, and in the late 70s, 1700s, early 1900s, it was an enormous event for those ships to come into port. So at places like Salem, Massachusetts, Boston, uh, a couple other smaller ports, really it was an event. So everybody in the town knew that that ship was coming in and the customs officer was able to meet the owner of the merchandise right at the ship when it came in. And they assessed the duties and taxes on that product that was being imported, and then the mer- the merchant owner uh, was able to offload it after he paid the duties and taxes. So it was kind of like an instantaneous thing, and he had to be there. So we've evolved uh, very much uh, since then. So, uh, you know, those customs officers, they, they would... Um, assess the duties and taxes right then and there at the wharf and you know we had some famous uh customs officers at the time back then uh nathaniel hawthorne author of the scarlet letter was actually a customs officer and he worked in the customs house uh, in salem massachusetts which you can actually visit we did uh, uh i went down there and did some research uh and you can see the customs house and you could see it, it very very interesting so salem is known for much more than just the witch trials 
But let's bring this up to today. So that was a little bit of history, and, and we've evolved a lot. And, you know, we, we have many, many more ships coming in, and there, it's almost impossible for the merchant to meet all his merchandise and pay the duties right there. But what's going on in trade today? We have the, we have the China trade war, but we also have a directive from Congress, which is the uh, Trade Facilitation and Enforcement Act, uh, which is taxing U.S. Customs and Border Protection to be more aggressive with their um, fines and penalties and enforcement of laws. So where does this leave you as the importer? So they are targeting uh, imports for fair and competitive trade environments. So that's part of the... uh, the driving force behind the China trade war also. But uh, some things that they're going to do is they're going to increase the number of exams and targeted audits. So we have the um, collaboration of U.S. Customs and Border Protection really evolving from the individual ports to now you may have heard these uh, what they call C's or Centers of Excellence and Expertise which is a virtual and physical collaboration of the mines at U.S. Customs, and also the updated of the ACE system so that they can now have a a better picture of what's going on with your imports. And they're going to target those bad actors. So they're looking for uh, those companies that that are committing trade crimes and they're going to enforce those more, but they have a better picture into it. Now, whether it's ignorance or fraud or neglect, those things are going to be determined, but they are much more aware of what's going on because they have a better picture of it through ACE and the Centers of Excellence and Expertise. So these centers hold industry segments. So there's a manufacturing one, there's an FDA one, a food one, a consumer products one. These centers are now focused on making sure trade happens effectively but also legally. Um, And we're seeing fines and penalties out there for, um, you know, there's going to be an increase in this moving forward because a number of things. And and just recently, as just recently, we have the um, pandemic of COVID. So the government is looking to replace the money that they've lost uh, through these stimulus packages and spent on the stimulus packages. So you're going to see trade enforcement with an uptick moving forward. Uh, there has been, you know, monies brought in from the 301 duties, but you're really going to see trade enforcement take a big swing. Uh, there's going to be a lot more of it. So they're, they're, like I said, they're going to increase the number of exams and targeted audits. One of the things that you can do as an importer is the um, Customs Trade Partnership Against Terrorism Program. We're going to talk more about that in one of the, later on in this series. But they're going to leverage whistleblowers, intelligence sources, and industry collaborations to identify those bad actors, as they call them. So anybody who's not following the regulations CBP is classifying as a bad actor. So they're going to use the information that they have with um, ACE and the Centers of Influence to target and do audits. Um, So CBP efforts to coordinate enforcement and trade functions in the Centers of Excellence and Expertise have led to changes in the way enforcement and is taking place on a day-to-day basis. So they're looking at imports from China and increased scrutiny because of the 301 duties. Uh, Also, there is going to be an increased number of 28s and 29s issued. 
And this can trigger these beginnings of an investigation can trigger those deeper investigations by U.S. Customs. So you want to make sure that you have a really good import manual and process to avert any of this. The number one thing that U.S. Customs looks at for mitigation is if you have a defined and documented import process. So if you have a defined and documented import process, if you're doing something wrong, they're going to leverage that in there and say, yeah, they're trying. They're not one of these bad actors that we really need to go out for after. But you really want to look at that. Um, A lot of things that they're looking out for is proper tariff classification. Now, in the industry, we know that tariff classification is, is, is wrong a lot. Um, I would have to say by my own estimates and what we do, we're looking at almost a 60% error rate. So a great example of that is back uh, a number of years ago, I worked with a company that was importing flight gloves and uh, for pilots. And these gloves were made out of Nomex, and they were also made out of leather. Now, they were using a customs broker um, that they thought was really good. That guy came and gave them a, a, a tariff number within five minutes for the glove. They thought it was fantastic. But I sat down at their office and I looked at this glove and I said, hey, what's going on with this? And he goes, well, we're having some troubles with the stitching on it. And I said, well, is this one of the ones you import? Uh, and the guy said, yeah, definitely one of the ones we import. So I said, let me let me take that glove because I don't think you have it classified right. They had It's Nomex upper, leather, uh, palm, and lower, and then the forchettes were also leather. Uh, and they had it classified as man-made fiber gloves. Um, so I took that back to the office. I unstitched it, weighed the leather, weighed the Nomex, measured the surface area. And lo and behold, by weight, I was getting 52% leather. And by surface area, I was getting 51% leather, which by the general rules of interpretation would push that into a leather glove. So we decided to go for a binding ruling with U.S. Customs. Lo and behold, we got that back, and it was supposed to be classified as a leather glove. We saved that company over $80,000 the first year of imports on those gloves because they were classified improperly. So, but we will do a, we will do a, uh, I have another segment planned, so another, another podcast planned on tariff classification. But that's just one of the things that they're looking for. Um, they're also looking and targeting uh, record keeping. So if you don't have the right records on place and on file for the right period of time, that's something else they're scrutinizing. Um, they're also looking into ADD CVD cases. Uh, there's estimates that they are not collecting nearly uh, as much ADD CVD as they should be collecting. So if your product is in the scope of those AVD, ADD CVD cases, that's one thing to look out for. And those cases are changing all the time. So you need to make sure that you're working very closely with your customs broker. Um, and if you have any questions on ADD CVD, please give us a call. More than happy to help you out with those questions. And then valuation. So they're looking at valuation. And one of the one of the things that's missed with valuation is assist. So one of the big missed uh, points uh, when you're doing your value and in the calculation is an assist. And we have a great court case that we can look at that was very, uh, it was a landmark court case in our industry, and it was the Trek Leather case. And in this case, on valuation... 
We're going to break it down really quick. So the importer was bringing in men's suits that he was having manufactured overseas with fabric from a third location. And the manufacturer wasn't charging the cost of the fabric in the suit when he was manufacturing it because it was being supplied by the uh, customer and it severely reduced the value of that for customs purposes and duties. So long story short, uh, they weren't claiming the right value, right transaction value, because they forgot the assist, which was the fabric that wasn't being counted. Now that uh, was about a $2 million penalty, but the interesting part about this case wasn't about the valuation, it was the fact that they, that customs assessed the value to the owner of the corporation. Um, and they said they did not pierce the corporate veil because the way the regulations were written, it was the individual that was responsible. So the individual that created the paperwork was responsible. If you haven't heard about this case, let me know. I'll send you some more information on a very interesting case. Another company that got hit with big fines and penalties uh, was Otterbox, and that was also on valuation, and it was that they sent a mold over to their manufacturers and didn't include the cost of the mold in their value for duty purposes, and that resulted in fines and penalties for Otterbox in the United States, in Mexico, and in Canada. And I think it was right around $10 million that they had uh, to pay in each country. So valuation is another big one that U.S. Customs is looking for. So they're looking for, um, you know, really increased factors in all of that. And, uh, you know, they're looking at fines and penalties in 2016 was $100 million dollars. Um, compared to $59 million in 2015. Uh, so that's an increase of 68% in one year from 2016. From 2000, sorry, 2015 to 2016, they increased penalties over 68%. It is going up year after year. And again, it's a great source of revenue for them. Not only it is, is, is it the taxes and duties that they get on these products, but now they're they're really increasing those fines and penalties. So just to give a quick recap, you know, we've come a long way with U.S. Customs. Uh, when they were first incepted, they answered to the Treasury for collecting all those duties and taxes. We had a big change after 9-11 that they were kind of reorganized, and then they were, um, you know, created the Department of Homeland Security. And now their trade enforcement has gone from security to uh, compliance and compliance is the key here so again they're increasing the number of exams and audits they have better information through the C's the centers of influence and um, centers of excellence and expertise and that's again virtual and physical they're increasing the uh, scrutiny of imports from China for those 301 duties they're looking at insufficient record keeping. They're increasing their scrutiny of ADD CBD, anti dumping and countervailing duty cases, and then valuation and finally tariff classification. So, really, you could see that they really switched their focus from security at the borders 
to compliance. And we are left with seeing increases in the number of fines and penalties that Customs is issuing. And if you have questions about compliance, feel free to give us a call or send us an email. You can contact me. Send me an email, Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E-U-S-A, dot com. Or uh, you can always give our call, our office a call at 716-995-2900 and just ask for me. We'll be happy to answer any of your questions. And if you are have any questions, uh, yeah, just send those in. Happy to help. Uh, looking forward to the rest of this series. We have some exciting topics coming up. The list of topics will be on the website uh, with this. And, and this is a 10-part series. And right now it's just uh, wrapping up here with the uh, enforcement strategy. Again, uh, thank you for listening. And we're looking forward to getting you the rest of this series. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.